Hello and welcome to The More the Merrier with Donna G. Coming up on today's show, the featured guest is Helen Juvenin, and she is the co-artistic director of the Guild Festival Theatre, which has their performance venue at the Greek Theatre in Guild Park and Gardens in Scarborough. Helen will be joining me to talk about The Drowning Girls, which sounds very serious, but the write-up says it's funny. So I'm going to ask Helen about that, about this serial killer murder that took place at the turn of the 20th century and how it can be funny. That runs from the 17th to the 27th in the park. I'll also have music and spoken word for you. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. The more the merrier with Donna G. Ça fait si longtemps qu'on court Qu'on prend sans cesse des détours Now we've arrived On ne peut plus prétendre être sourd Si une pèse bien trop lourd We Les femmes ne courent plus les gilets, mettent plutôt les misogynes de chaos. Et la peau ne peut plus voir ni du noir, car les faux romans n'ont final. Non, humain de les laisser 
By the people, for the people. CIUT 89.5 FM is the sound of your city. CIUT 89.5 FM, the sound of your city. Stream us anytime at www.ciut.fm. This is The More the Merrier with Donna G. Joining me now is Helen Jubinen, and she is the co artistic director of the Guild Theater Festival. She's also an actor and a screenwriter and uh, a Jeopardy champion. <laughs> that's not something you can you get to say very often. And a Jeopardy champion. Yeah, I guess not. Uh, yeah, um, especially while Alex was still there. Yeah, no, it's, I, I feel very, um, very privileged now that he's passed, that I, I was able to be on the show while he was still hosting. So um, let's start with this what is the name of the play about a bigamous serial killer that's going to be part of the guild festival theater season uh it's called the drowning girls correct (laughs) (laughs) i should have said what is what is the drowning girls oh that's right sorry you lost yeah you lost points (laughs) Um, so the drowning girls is, um, quite a fascinating, uh, story. I know it's won some awards, but how did you find out about the drowning girls? Um, I actually saw it when it was at uh, Tarragon theater, um, in 2009. Um, so that was, you can't really say it was the original production, um, because they actually first started it at the Edmonton fringe in 1999 in a different um, 
version of it. Mm-hmm. But it was the it was the the um, original touring production, I guess. It had the original cast members, and um, and I was just I I was just blown away. Um, I didn't know what to expect going in, and I I, I was just like, what did I just see? That was so uh, incredible. I it, it was this um, you know, really you know, gruesome uh, story, but they they told it in such an incredibly playful and inventive way. And I was just like, wow, that was, that was wonderful. Um, and I, you know, went on and, and um, read the script. I learned a monologue from it. I uh, auditioned for it. <laughs> uh, and uh, when Tyler and I took over the, the Guild Festival Theatre, we really wanted to bring more Canadian work to the stage. And um, from a, from a, yeah, I, so this this one was, was always on my mind as something that maybe we could do, and to this is the year we're doing it. And it's quite different from some of the other plays that you've done, um, in the sense that you know this is a play about uh, a bigamist serial killer, <laughs> and we're hearing the voices of three of his uh, victims. Yeah. So how did you? Okay, we're thinking outdoor theater. Yeah. When I think outdoor theater, I don't think let's sit in the park and watch this play about um, the the women that have been murdered. What made you think this would be an okay play for um, the Guild Festival Theater? Well, I mean, it's it's set in the early 1900s when the um, when when the murders took place. So um, you know, I, I can't really say it's set there because it's kind of set in this dream world. But the the murders took place in the early 1900s, so it kind of fits that idea of like uh, you know an older historical setting. Um, and it's 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 so imaginative. It's such a it's a it's not it's not dreary. It's not gloomy. It's not grotesque. It's um, it's big and playful. And I think, you know, people go to the park and they'll go see, you know, Romeo and Juliet or, or Hamlet. And those aren't like fun shows, quote unquote. So I, I think that um, people are ready for, for something a little, a little darker, a little more mysterious. Um, and, and, you know, there's something cheeky um, in, in casting in, in doing a show with three dead brides in it because our venue gets used for bridal photography quite a bit. So I like the idea of putting you know, three drowned brides on this stage. Okay. Now um, let's talk about the characters and the actors who play them. Mm-hmm. Um, who was the first bride uh, to be murdered that's part of, that's part of your cast? Um, so the first bride was uh, Bessie. Um, Bessie Monday. I'm going to get their names wrong. I have the script in front of me so I don't mess this up. Um, and, uh, you know, she... So she was the first victim, although, you know, well, not the first bride. Um, he was definitely married before before he married Bessie. And um, in our our show, she's played by um, uh, Alicia Barbin. And uh, Alicia's have been, uh, she's been auditioning for Guild Festival Theatre for as long as Tyler and I've been running it. And we've just loved her. And uh, she's super, super talented. And I, I, I can't wait to, I, I, she did a one person show a, a a short play festival recently and I went and saw it and I was like yes I cast the right person she's just she's so dynamic she's just such a wonderful performer and uh yeah I I I, you know it's interesting because I I did some research into the 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 actual facts of the case and we don't really know too too much about 
anyone um, in it, including the women. And I think that's one of the reasons why this play is so interesting is that they, they've chosen to tell the story from the women's perspective. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, giving them uh, the focus instead of the person who, who murdered them. Mm -hmm, uh, exactly. Because so much of, of the true crime stories we we uh, listen to or, or, or watch are about like, who was he and why did he do it? And it's more about these women trying to figure out how they found themselves um, as victims. And this performance is scheduled to run August 17th to the 27th. Right. And I just want to give people a, a timeline. Uh, tell me about uh, the actress Georgia Findlay, mm -hmm. uh, who is playing um, Alice, the bride. Yeah, so uh, Georgia um, is, is a fairly is a younger performer, um, and uh, she came to our auditions, and she was just so um, incredible. She was absolutely delightful in the auditions, and she went like right to the pop, top of my pile. Um, and um, I'm, I'm, we originally had um, another actor cast in the role. Um, we had Sierra Haynes, um, who was in The Red Priest last year. Um, and Sierra had uh, um, some surgery done in March and we'd hoped that she'd be um, ready to go in time for, for the show. But unfortunately, um, she felt she wasn't healthy enough. Uh, so uh, my first call was Georgia and uh, she was available. And <laughs> I'm so excited to, to have her, have her uh, join the team. What's her character like? Um, you know, Alice is, is um, how would I describe it? She's uh, she's a little feisty. She's she's someone who like tries to to who um seems to fight against convention quite a bit. Like, why should I have to get married? Um, and then which is so interesting as to why she would why she would fall prey to this this person. Right? Um, I mean, by all accounts, he was very charming. Um, some people described him as being like like mesmerizing there was a some indication that maybe he hypnotized his victims <laughs> um uh so yeah I, I, it's very interesting to me to see that journey because she's also the youngest one um she was only 26 um, at the time so mm -hmm. uh you know how did somebody who was like a little more like i'm not interested in getting married or why do i have to do that to you know be part of things to how does that person end up in this situation and that's something that i think we'll we'll explore during rehearsals well, serial killers, you always hear on the news, oh, I can't believe it was that person. They were so nice. And um, to be a serial killer, I you have to have something um, that's attractive about you. And I think that's why they, they get away with it. Mm -hmm. I think when people saw Ted Bundy, for instance, um, they thought, that guy? But yeah. he, he's so good looking. Right. It's yeah. like we don't ex we expect the monsters to look like monsters and they so don't often yeah. appear that way. Exactly. That's how they get away with it. And, exactly. And, and yeah. So many times. Um, and I, I was reading about one of his um, his other wives and he had one woman that was like his, his regular, uh, his steady, I guess. And so he he, you know, he would go off and have these other wives, but he'd always come back to her. And at his trial, she she had nothing bad to say about him. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I have nothing bad to say about this man who's uh, killed these women. Yeah. Because he probably did treat her well. 
Yeah. You know, sure. probably did treat her well. So um, you mentioned the Haynes before. Is there any relationship to Blythe Haynes, who's playing Margaret? No, it, it's it's quite funny, actually. Um, I didn't even realize they had the same last name till I was, you know, typing out a program. And I was like, wait, wait, Haynes and Haynes? <laughs> <laughs> Although they like to joke that they're cousins. But um, yeah, they, they, there's no relation. So tell me about the actress Blythe and her character, Margaret. Uh, yeah, so Margaret's the the oldest of the three three ladies, um, and had the shortest marriage. Um, she was married a day before she was murdered by him. Oh and, wow! Yeah, yeah. It it, it uh, you definitely see him like step up his uh, his process um, through the course of the play. Um, and uh, and Blythe, uh, you know Blythe again. She's been somebody who's been on our radar for a few years now, and has always impressed us. Uh, um, and she's also a, a you know a producer and uh, says self-produced stuff and things like that. So she's somebody who's who's really active um, in in the uh, in the theater community. And so I'm just I'm so excited to to have her um, on stage with us for this production. Um, I, I had a, a, a chat with um, Beth and Daniela, who are two of the playwrights on the, on, the, on the show, and um, I asked them because Margaret wasn't in their original um, Fringe production. And uh, so I asked, you know, well, why did you, why did you bring this character on? And, and they said, well, you know, it's it's the pattern that makes the serial killer. So, you know, once is like, oh, okay, what happened? Twice is like, oh, that's questionable. And three times is like, oh, no, this guy's a, this mm-hmm. guy's a doing something here. Um, and and they also felt that Margaret brought a lot of of humor to the the play. Um, Can you say the the full names of um, the writers, please? Uh, Beth Graham, Charlie Tomlinson, and Daniela Leskalich. And I hope I pronounced her name correctly. I'm glad you said it because I, <laughs> I wasn't about to say her last name. <laughs> yeah, but she has quite a track record in oh. terms of in terms of acting and writing. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, Beth and, and Daniel both do. They're they're both quite um, um, active, and they're still writing and still performing. And um, yeah, it was it was lovely to touch base with them um, and talk about this show that just took on a, on a life of its own. It's uh, what do they think fun. about you doing it in the park? They love the idea. They love the idea of it, it being outdoors. Um, as far as anyone knows, it hasn't been done outdoors before. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I th- you know, it's funny. People are like, how are you going to do it outdoors? I was like, well, outdoors is kind of great because like we can get the floor wet and it's not a problem. <laughs> right, because these these women are, um, the original uh, name of the trial was, uh, bride, it was called The Bride in the Bath, in the bath yeah, Murders. Yeah, The Bride of the Bath. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, they, you're going to have all- three bathtubs yeah, in, in the park? Yeah, we've got, we, we have them, um, they're being worked on, um, and uh, yeah, we've got these three beautiful clockwork bathtubs that are going to uh, be on the stage, and they will have water in them, and the, the actors are going to be wet <laughs> in their in their bridal gowns, so it's going to be quite an adventure. I know they're all up for it. Um, we're doing everything we can to make sure it's uh, it stays fairly comfortable for them, um, but, uh, you know, that, it's just a fact of the show, and they all know that going in, but, uh, yeah, the they're going to be wet every night. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm I'm so looking forward to it. <laughs> now, I want to ask you um, a question 
that um, might be on the minds of, of the listeners. You mentioned a couple of actors that you've been watching for a while, and also you wanted to cast them, but they didn't quite make it. Um, what is, what is, or you mentioned, you know, you went out for something and you didn't make it. So what is that world like for you when you see someone um, and what is it that makes somebody right for the part or not right for the part? Are you, it's a complicated question, but um, yeah, I guess I'm going to boil it down to how do you choose who you choose? <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it is a tough question and, and a lot of it, like it's hard to explain. There's a lot of intangibles that go into it. Um, I mean, I can talk a bit about our audition process for this. Sure, for please. Example, that might help. So we started with um, a round of self-tapes. Um, so we had them each do a monologue. Um, and and from there, we just kind of like, okay, you know, um, do they get the feel of the piece was kind of like, you know, do they, they get the sense that there is humor in it? Do they get the sense that it is a period piece? You know, things like that. And, you know, and you also look at their resume to see what their experience is. And from there... Um, you know, you narrow it down to, I forget how many we actually saw in person, maybe, maybe about 20 to 25, um, we mm -hmm. saw in person and we brought them in in groups of three, um, for this, for this audition. And we had them kind of just play, like, you know, I, I, I chose some really weird sections of the script, um, that I thought they could just play with and, 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 um, and, you know, doing some physicalization and, uh, you know, I had one of the actors, you know, speak the monologue and had the other, other two kind of like try and create the world around her through, you know, playing other characters or, or echoing some of her lines or, you know, creating a soundscape. And, and it was just, you know, by the time you get them in the room, like I could have cast any of these ladies, like they were all talented. Um, but for me, it was a sense of like, how willing are they to jump in and play and work with their fellow actors to create this world? Um, and, and, and there were a lot of women who did that. It made it very difficult to, to make these decisions. Um, but I, I really felt that, that Alicia and Blythe and then Sierra and then and Georgia, um, really, you know, rose to the top of, of people who, who really just kind of jumped in and, and played and played with each other really well and supported each other really well because I think that's going to be key during this the, re the rehearsal process and the, and the performances is is um supporting each other through it now you mentioned um Georgia joined um after the fact mm -hmm. so um how did you choose her were you thinking did she audition for the role or was this somebody that you'd been watching and decided she would be the fit she was part of the auditions, um, the original auditions, and and Sierra had flagged the her her potential her injury um, quite early on. So we always had like, okay, well, what if she can't do it on her mind? So okay. we did have a, a stack of like people we would would talk to next um, if if that uh, if if it did happen that she couldn't make it. And um, so you know, we know we it was something that we had planned for as a, a plan B kind of thing. But uh, yeah, Georgia was part of the auditions. You mentioned that this play is is funny. Yeah. <laughs> what makes it funny? Um, you know, there's a there's a lot of humor in the dialogue. They make a lot of jokes. Um, the 
the women play all the other characters in the show. So it's got that little, that, that kind of like comedic feel as they take on some of these other, sometimes really, um, you know, a little bit larger than life characters, like the cleaning women and uh, the, the detectives who solve the case. It's a little you know, Keystone Cop <laughs> when they take that on. So they, 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 get to, they get to clown a little in these other characters. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's just something a little, so all of their props, um, kind of come out of the bathtubs too so it's like there's something a little kind of playful about you know you know bouquet of flowers just appearing um things like that so it's, it's just and and again talking to Beth and Daniela um they, they were talking about you know humor as um a, a protective way of, of telling a story like if you've gone through something traumatic if you can find the humor in it um it helps you to tell it so it's it's this idea of like they, they they use humor so they can get through the telling of the story. And and that's I appreciate that sort of storytelling because if you're uh for my personally for myself, if you're if you're too heavy, I will distance myself and protect myself from it. I won't have that cathartic moment that most people have. So uh for me, this is a type of uh theater that that I appreciate. I appreciate that there are differences um, in in drama that will appeal to to everyone. So the Drowning Girls is definitely um, something that appeals to me. And I've been saying this forever, but I I really want to see this. And <laughs> and I know that um, you have other things um, coming up before this. Uh, um, do you mind talking about three men in a boat? Oh, not at all. <laughs> because this that precedes Drowning Girls. Yeah, it actually opens tonight um, and runs until August 13th. Um, so we had the preview performance last night um, and it's uh, it's so funny. <laughs> um, so it, three men in a boat. Um, it uh, it had its uh, origins in the in the fringe as well. Uh, again, um, several years ago, and it was a huge hit at the Fringe Festival and it toured across Canada and it uh, went to India uh, for a festival there. Um, so it's it's been an international success. Um, and again, it's one of those shows that Tyler and I both saw and we really enjoyed it and we thought it'd be a really good fit for the stage and our audiences would, would enjoy it a lot. And so we approached um, Sue Miner, who was the director of the original production and said, would you be interested in, um, in, in directing it again with a new, a new team? And she, uh, she uh, wonderfully said yes and <laughs> jumped in and Mark Brunel, who's the playwright, um, went over the script again and readapted it for for us. He made it a 75 minute um, version of the script. And yeah, it's uh, it's it's this joyous romp of these three guys who who uh, think they can uh, row up the Thames for two weeks and they are very, very bad at it. And we get to enjoy their their mishaps. And there's a dog. And there's a dog. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I saw, dog. yeah, I saw this. Um at the fringe and I'd never seen it before and I died laughing yeah. um and uh it, it just seems I think it adds to the ridiculousness to have it in a park <laughs> um these three men in a boat and that um that runs until July sorry 
until um, August 13th. That's right. uh, for those of you who maybe want to go to see to see both. So three men in a boat until August 13th. And then the drowning girls, August 17th to 27th. And that's the end of your season, isn't it? That is. Um, the other thing that's going on is our production of Alice in Wonderland, uh, which started the season, is going on tour. Um, so it's it's doing three days with Theatre on the Ridge in Port Perry, and then it's going to Prescott, Ontario, um, with the St. Lawrence Shakespeare Festival. So how has it been uh, bouncing back from the pandemic? How's it been for the Guild Festival Theatre? Uh, well, we've um, we've never stopped. Um, even during the pandemic, we were, um, we were going, like we, we had a, um, a modified, uh, we call it, um, <laughs> off the stage. Um, we'd been around did porch plays and, 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 um, and parades in the neighborhood. And we got, uh, two days on our, our stage in the late summer. Um, it, it's been, it's been a little bit easier for us to keep going during the pandemic because we are outdoors, um, and we have flexible seating so we could, you know, easily space people, people felt really safe coming to our space. Um, the biggest problem, not problem, but the biggest challenge we had was, uh, you know, there were audience restrictions um, throughout. So, um, you know, when we did Alice in Wonderland in 2021, we had to really limit the number of people who could come see it. Even um, though it was outdoors? Even though it was outdoors. Yeah, they still had really, you know, um, strict rules on how many people could gather. Um, in the park so we had to really limit the ticket sales. oh I remember yes I remember yeah. um you had to have your pod if you went to the park yeah so, so we had like, yeah, chairs I, set up in little yeah. pods and things like that um and then last year we we got you know back to normal quote unquote um mm-hmm. but uh you know I I, I feel that pe- some people are still concerned about going into inside theaters and I'm like beeping here and I don't have to turn off I'm on somebody else's laptop um, <laughs> um and uh so um this year's the first year that we were we're fully back to normal like people like, really feel safe just being around other people and, and exploring and doing things but I, I know that there are still some um people un- are uncertain about going indoors um and that's uh and so that's our, you know, the benefit that we can offer is that people can can be outside, um, and they can move their chair if they they need to move their chair to feel feel distance from somebody else. So we we haven't seen, you know, we've been very lucky that we haven't really been um, hit as hard by by the pandemic and the pandemic concerns. But um, you know, it, it's something that's always on our mind. Like we're you know we're constantly you know checking in, making sure people, our, our team is healthy um, and, you know, testing at the beginning of rehearsals to make sure we, we, we join the team healthy. Um, but, you know, if someone gets sick, um, you, know, you know, someone's going to have to step in or we may have to cancel a show or, you know, it's, it's always on our minds that, that, that something could happen. Right. Um, so some practical things. Um, are there porta potties? Is there a concession? stand um we have a washroom trailer on site um which is a step up from porta potties <laughs> yay actually they're, they're nice with they've got running water and um and soap um so they are on site and we do have concessions um we have um, a great team uh one of the um people who worked with us last uh, last summer her and her husband are starting a, a cafe and they said do you think we could come and uh 
try some stuff out. We're like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and they're from Taiwan. So they're bringing this really interesting, um, like they, they're serving coffee and iced coffees and lemonades and, and, and uh, baked goods. Um, and they've got a little bit of Asian influence to it. So like uh, some treats with like red bean paste and uh, mochi and things like that. So they're, they're really doing a great job and they've been making show themed treats so for oh. Alice in Wonderland, yeah, Alice in Wonderland, they had an eat me cake and a drink me drink. And uh, for three men in a boat, they're doing a Sunday, So it's like three scoops of ice cream in a boat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can't wait to see what they come up with for Drowning Girls. For the Drowning Girls, that should be interesting. They've <laughs> um, yeah, been doing really well, because um, I, I think people are really interested. And it's really, everything I've eaten and, and, and consumed from them has been delicious. So I, I highly recommend checking out our concessions table. Now, do you have to sit in the seats or can you bring a blanket and sit on the grass? Um, you could bring a blanket. We don't really have great um, seating for blankets, but if people want to bring their own chairs, they're certainly welcome to do that. Um, we do provide provide seating. Um, and if someone does want to sit on a blanket, they are totally welcome to. We'll, we'll make room for them. But, um, uh, you know, I, I would suggest either a lawn chair or using one of our own chairs. Okay. And how much are tickets? Uh, the regular tickets are thirty dollars. Uh, we do have discounts for students and seniors. All right. And is there a um, so? Do you have like an under twelve price, or do they just fall into the students and seniors price? Uh, we we do have a youth price of twenty dollars. Um, okay. You know, uh, I I would recommend for for three men in a boat. We're saying ten plus for a three men in a boat. Um, for drowning girls, it's thirteen plus, just because it deals with a little more right difficult subject matter. There's nothing inappropriate in it, um, really, but uh, you know, it it is about murder. Yeah, <laughs> mature content. Yeah. All right, and uh, people can buy tickets from your website. Yep, guildfestivaltheater.ca. You can find all the information there, um, and then tickets are also available. Um, at the park during just before the show half hour before the show and what's your capacity it's a tough one um we have exactly 131 chairs oh, <laughs> large. so it, it can um, get it can get up to that number if needed yeah and um you know and if people bring their own chairs we can go up to 200 right okay sounds wonderful and the address for people to get there yeah, it's 201 Guildwood Parkway. It is in Scarborough, um, but it's in like the most beautiful venue in the city. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's accessible by TTC and by GO Train. Okay, wonderful. Helen, and plenty thank of free you. Parking. Plenty of free parking. Oh, even better for those who try. <laughs> yeah. Helen, thank you so much uh, for joining me today and say hello to your partner in theater and in life, Tyler yeah. Sagan. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Donna. For more information about the theater festival, the website is guildfestivaltheater.ca. Guildfestivaltheater.ca. All the details are there about their other shows. There's a map that tells you how to get there and all that sort of information. As for me, you can reach me at www.ciut.fm, click on Sundays, 1 to 2 p.m., tell all your friends to tune in to The More the Merrier. On socials, I can be found at TMTM with Donna G on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. My podcast is both available on the CIUT website as well as my Instagram 
profile. Just click link in bio at TMTM with Donna G. CIUT 89.5 FM, the sound of your city. Stream us anytime at www.ciut.fm. You're listening to The More the Merrier with Donna G. My apologies, my interview with Helen was pre-recorded on the 28th, hence some of the references to the previous dates of plays um, may not match with you listening today on Sunday. Coming up, I have got some spoken word and music for you, and we're going to get started with Debbie Young and Goddess. Thank you. 
was that summer. That summer we were making love so much, the room smelled obscene. A rich, loamy, tropical smell, right in the middle of the urban jungle. That summer when changing the towels daily made no impact whatsoever. When the washcloths were always too damp to drop into the hamper and all the incense in the world couldn't save us. Maybe it's the plants I suggest one day resting against his arm, trying to blame the withering Arica palms, sitting neglected and unwatered in the corner by the Alabama steamer trunk. I don't think so, he says. I think it's you. Me too, I say. Thank God for 40. Me too. It was that summer. It was that summer. And I learned 
people pass me by In my heart I yearn to ask them why Don't you see the light in your soul The strength you have that can only grow I know this to be so I want only to give it back This love in me, all I see is possible Sweet mother. 
you daughters of Kemet and Cush, queen warriors, God said, singing prayers, born singing prayers. Offer it never to those unworthy. You are original woman, revered and fear. Love and praises to you, love and praises, mother.
Thank you all so very much for spending time with me today. This is Donna G, the more the merrier, signing off. But before I do, I want to acknowledge the spoken word and music you heard on today's show. Kicked off the show with Malika Tirolian, and you heard Rise. Followed that up after my interview with Helen Juvenin of the Guild Festival Theatre with Goddess, spelled G-A-W-D-E-S-S, by Debi Young, D-apostrophe-B-I Young. Moved into Pearl Clegg with Turning 40. And then you heard Kindred and the Family Soul with I Am, and that is Riva on that tune. Nax Batota's Fam followed that. Sorry, not Nax Batota. You heard Ursula Rucker with Letter to a Sister Friend. And then you heard Fam by Nax Batota. Leaving you now with I Gotta Live by Shakura Saida. See you next week. And as usual, www.ciut.fm, Sundays, 1 to 2 p.m. All my information is there under the more the merrier or socials at TMTM with Donna G. Bye-bye. Children would be all that they should. She always worked as hard. She never took no for an answer. Believe the sky was a limit. And we were our home masters. When we get down, stop believing. She kissed our brow. 
And then she stopped preaching. She said, You got a nail. Run that 